Hey guys, here we are, the Quigging Out MMA Podcast, episode 45, and I've got a very special guest with me tonight. Not only someone who's a newly signed PFL fighter, but he's fighting in two days. Christian Hollywood Lowson. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Again, I cannot thank you enough. I know when we scheduled this, I literally thought your fight was the week after. That's what happens when there's fights every single week. You're like, uh, when is this again? So, dude, so happy for you. So, just talk right off the gate, like this opportunity with the PFL and how huge this is for you and how exciting it is uh, to be going into this just in a couple of days. Yeah, I'm real excited for the opportunity. Uh, when it got brought up, it was, I think, three weeks ago when I was like finding out. Um, and we went through three opponents. Holy cow. The first opponent was a person I was supposed to fight on an icon card. Um, but he was going to be making like a quick turnaround because when the fight was offered to him, he had a fight that day. So, <laughs> yeah, no big deal. You know, fight, fight that day and fight in a couple of weeks. No big yeah, deal. He, he still accepted that night, but then I think something happened. He might've found out that something was hurt from the fight. I don't know the details, but then we had a different opponent that accepted. And like two hours later, after I heard that he accepted, I heard that he got like 18 stitches in his hand or something from putting his hand in the machine. And then that led us to Jonas. Oh my God. <laughs> Never a dull moment for you, really, is it? No, not this year, especially. <laughs> well, and I know we were talking a little bit about it before. You know, the last time we talked, you was going into that Dana White's Contender Series fight. Um, and now, you know, at, at a time in a fighter's life, you know, five, 10 years ago, you would say, oh, you didn't make it into the UFC like, that's it. That's your career. Now you have this opportunity with the PFL to not only showcase your skills and show people that, you know, that just wasn't your night and you've gone on to rattle the winds off since, but the chance to, you know, really make a name for yourself and quite frankly, end up with a huge paycheck at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, so far the PFL has treated us like really good, when we came down, they had us come down on Sunday to stay in the hotel in like the bubble. And uh, mm. they have multiple floors with like training rooms. If you want to ask for a private cardio room, you can go to one of those and it has an elliptical, a uh, bike and a treadmill. Uh, <laughs> we're in a really nice hotel that has like a kitchenette with stovetops and a full fridge and freezer. Holy cow. Yeah, you're living the life now. Yeah, it's it's been really, really nice to experience. Like, they gave us a, pr a personal sauna to take up to the room if we wanted one. Offered personal tubs if you wanted to take one because the rooms don't all have tubs. <laughs> They've just been, like, on top of everything. They had, like, breakfast and lunch buffets in this one area um, with, like, healthy food. Like, I think the lunch buffet was some salad. There were some veggies. There was lemon pepper chicken, I think, and uh, some, like, lemon smoked salmon or not smoke steam. Uh, oh, well, a big difference. Big difference. Smoke yeah. versus steam. Come on. <laughs> and, like, they have, like, two ping pong tables in this hangout area with two PS5s just for people to relax. Like, it's just I mean, a great experience so far. Yeah, and it's so – it's crazy because you don't hear about these kind of experiences. You know, a lot of the – you know, the UFC guys, the Bellator guys you're hearing about, like – you see them in the hotel and they just look miserable and none of them are really relaxing. And it sounds like PFL in this case 
is really trying to ease you guys up. So the only thing you really have to focus on is that fight, you know, come Thursday night, like I said, two days from now. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it was, it's pretty nice. Uh, like I have uh, one of my teammates here, Angelo Trevino, he came out with me and we've gotten training sessions in like three times since we got here. We played some ping pong. We hung out, played some of the PF, PS5 downstairs. Um, just staying loose, getting the weight down, a couple of sauna mm-hmm. sessions in the room, just having a good time. They've got a decent sized training area for us with bags and mats in uh, one of the ballroom areas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, great experience. I mean, I've, I've talked to quite a few fighters on fight week and I've never seen somebody just so like relaxed and chill when it comes down to it. Do you feel like that's accredited to who you are as, you know, a fighter and been training since you were four years old? Or do you feel like some of what they've really given you as far as accommodations have kind of helped let you focus on what you need to and nothing else? I think it's been a little of both. Um, I also just think this weight cut up until this last day has been really good. Um, The last day is always going to be tough. If you're cutting weight, that last day is going to suck. Yeah. Other than that, I've been able to get some decent training sessions in while being close to weight. Um, and it's just been feeling good and keeping me relaxed, drinking water. I'm fairly hydrated still right now. Mm. Pretty close. Yeah, to you, say you don't look completely miserable right now. So we haven't hit that stage yet. Yeah, that'll be uh, after this interview, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You know, you know, not, well, I guess the opposite of starving yourself at that point, <laughs> you know, trying to get that weight down. So. You know, going into the weight cut, like, if you don't mind me asking, how far off are we on the last night? Because I know you said weigh-ins are at, what, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning? Yeah, I'm, like, uh, four away right now. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, you you see I've been, I was, like, I think when I got here, I was, like, six away or seven away. Um, And just working on it, but staying hydrated, just letting it come with the work we're putting in while we were here. Just... Mm -hmm. When the weight got off, it got off. And then this last day, using a lot more of the sauna to uh, yeah. get those last pounds. But Well, and I kind of want to shift gears because I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, the last time we talked, we had a fiance. And now we have a wife. So yeah. congratulations to you. I don't think I ever got to actually tell you. So congratulations on that because I know you were asking, where can my wife watch it? And I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Like. How's married life been, you know, going through what we've, what we've gone through, you know, as an organization, as a world, whatever you want to call it, you know, what's it been like, you know, married life and how is, uh, how exciting is that now to say my wife instead of my fiance? Yeah, it's been great. We're coming up on, uh, next month being two years. Um, yeah. Contender in the wedding was a long time ago. (laughs) It really was. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, so much has changed and yet still as relaxed and, you know, humble as ever when it comes down to it. Yeah, we, uh, COVID was difficult for a little bit because we had to shut the gym down. Um, but my wife, right before COVID, actually got a different job working uh, at like Stetson University mm-hmm. in their event department as the assistant director of events. So they still did stuff online throughout the whole thing. So it, well, she lost any work. So that made things oh, a little easier. Great. 
Um, and then I was getting some like private sessions in with different people, um, just making sure I wasn't getting dull through COVID. Yeah. And you kind of uh, had to. Yeah. Yeah. Had to make it work somehow. But uh, yeah, it all, everything's been great. Um, we've been living our lives, uh, just trying to advance one step at a time, raising our two dogs. Just, what kind of dogs? Uh, huskies. Oh, geez. Huskies in Florida? Yeah, actually, their coats, uh, not only would it keep them warm in the cold, but it actually keeps them cool in the, uh, the heat. Which most people don't know. So, fun fact of the Quig and Out show. Huskies. Yeah, espe- especially if the Huskies were, like, raised starting in the heat. Mm-hmm. They developed that coat to be more designed to insulate and keep them cool. So they're actually fine in the heat. Yeah, because so many times you'll see them out there and you're like, that is so cruel to that dog. But in reality, not so much. Yeah, so it's it's they're fun. They keep us on our toes. Um, like uh, we live next door to uh, her, uh, her parents, my in-laws. Mm-hmm. And one of our dogs has uh, dug into their yard a couple times in this past week. <laughs> And like we'll block it with uh, like uh, cement stones and stuff, and she'll just find a different place to dig under. Yep. Always keeping us on our toes. And you gotta love that too, because it doesn't matter how many times you put up a roadblock, they'll kind of just figure out a way around it. Yeah, they do what they want. <laughs> well, and that's that's exactly what it is to be a fighter, really. You know, you're we've come on to dealing with some of the craziest roadblocks that anyone has ever faced, you know, over these past couple of years. And then with you, your last fight being almost a year ago. So it's been a long time. Yeah. That last fight. So what has been the, the most important thing that you've done in that time off? Cause I know you wanted to fight. It wasn't like, I don't want to fight. I'm just taking, taking my life slow. And like you said, but what was that time for you and what did you use, use it to do really? I mean, I just kept training. Uh, Starting in February of this year, I was trying to get fights, and every month I would have one lined up. I'd have an opponent, I'd have an event, and something would happen. Someone would get injured, or the event would get moved, or there would be trouble with travel, or something, or another, or another. And then, like, the last one I had, I took, like, last minute on a week, and we get their fight day and the dude tries to fight the commission backstage. What? Yeah. Just starts squaring up with one of the people working in the commission backstage when they tapped him on the shoulder and starts threatening them. And it was a whole thing. So, Oh my God. It's just been one thing or another. Like I've had probably eight fights lined up that just, haven't happened was that the icon fight where he tried to fight the commission the one that got canceled no it was on a combat night uh it was last because i was i was going to fight on an icon and then that fell through Mm -hmm. uh and then like i said last minute on a week notice just to get a fight i went i took one for combat night and it was there that it happened and I think I saw that and was so excited to see you fight, and then I didn't see anything about it. So now now I know why, 
it just kind of disappeared. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was a whole adventure. And knowing knowing Mitchell and the guys that run Combat Night and like how professional they try to be, like I'm 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 not glad that your pike your fight got pulled, but at the same time, like that they're not going to let something like that slide. Like that's not not yeah. the kind of things. Yeah, I was actually watching a friend of mine fight, and then someone came and tapped me on the shoulder and was like, "Hey, um, your fight's not happening." The like the night of, like the- yeah, like hours before, like the oh. fights were going on. What was that like for you, like mentally? Like, walk me through that emotion of just being like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like, are you serious? I mean, yeah, it was just. Like, I was shell-shocked a little bit, like, just in a state of, like, not, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I was just, like, in shock, like, obviously, like, Combat Night being a good promotion, they gave me my show money, but at that point, it wasn't about, like, the money, I just, it had been so long since I fought, I was You're like, I just want to fight, damn it. I was just trying to get back in the cage, get a fight, and then keep things moving with another one pretty quickly after. But everything happened, and it uh, it all ended up okay because now we're here. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what could have happened in that fight that you know could have prevented you from taking this opportunity. So, you know, like I said, when when that door came a coming, you said it was three weeks ago. So we're talking about less than a month for prep. You've been training this entire time. You have not been sitting on your ass. You've not been like just you know moping around waiting for a fight. You're constantly ready, and it shows the the kind of atmosphere and the kind of determination you have to have in this day and age in martial arts. You can't just be thinking, all right, my next fight's not going to be for another six months. You know, that you're constantly moving, 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 going, going, going. So um, talk about how you feel about the PFL format and the tournament and everything else and how that's really appealing uh, to you, given your skill set. I think it's a really interesting format. Um, I'm interested to see, how next year goes with if COVID's still happening, if they stick to uh, like this year, they're doing semifinals to, as the start of the playoffs instead of the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's because it just limits the amount of people that could potentially pop with COVID. Yeah. I'd get taken out of the playoffs for that reason. Um, but it's an interesting format. I mean, if there's the quarterfinals, you're fighting two fights in one night. Um, if you win the first fight being two rounds, second fight being three rounds. And other than that, just the chance that it's not, it's not so much, uh, like so-and-so decides, okay, this dude's moving up in the rankings or this dude's fighting for the title. It's if you get enough points in season, which you know exactly what you need to do to get those points. Exactly. In the playoff tournament. And then you can make a run at the belt with the money and it's, it goes a little more like wrestling where you're in a seated tournament, you know what you have to do to get that, that top prize. It's not, okay, I'm winning these fights, but I don't seem to be getting recognition or mm-hmm. the like, or, or you're not saying enough outside the cage to get the fights inside the cage. Yeah. You can let your fighting speak a little more. And I think, I think what you said about the wrestling bracket is absolutely true because that's exactly what it is. You know, you know, if you get a finish, if you go to decision, like your chances go lower and lower. 
And it's not a matter of like, even if you have a bad performance and still win, you're still getting the points. You're still moving up in the tournament. And I know we had that with Rory McDonald, um, you know, just losing to Ray Cooper. But before that, you know, he lost the fight, still made it into the playoffs. So it's a matter of knowing exactly what needs to be done. You know, there's no surprises. Like you said, it's not fighter A is more popular than fighter B. So we're going to give it to him. It's literally finish fights, make it happen, get the points, you know, the quick six and, and move on. Like, that's exactly what they want. Yeah. So I feel like more more organizations to really take back to this. I know Bellator did it for a while, and they're kind of doing their tournament, but it feels like it's so stretched out that you kind of lose a little bit of kind of focus on what's going on. And obviously, the UFC hasn't done any tournaments. Really, the last tournament they did was the for the flyweights when they started, and that was almost ten years ago. So, you know, it seems like a format that would really benefit fighters. But I don't think for the business model of the UFC, it's what they really want. Yeah. So, sorry, UFC. I know somebody's going to be listening and be like, oh, he said this? Nah. So, talk about, you know, the opponent you have after dealing with multiple guys pulling out, you know, multiple fights being dropped. Like, I feel like, are you still kind of nervous? And I don't mean to sound like it's going to jinx you, but are you still kind of nervous until that cage door shuts? with everything that you've been dealing with? I mean, in any fight you're going into fight, there's going to be nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, just each fight brings their own set of nerves and situations. And right now I don't feel a lot of those nerves. I think it's a great matchup. I think uh, it's going to be fun to fight for, PFL, it's going to be a quiet crowd, which isn't something that I haven't dealt with before. Thanks mm-hmm. to the tender. Having that kind of quiet, small crowd, mm-hmm. real, not chill environment, but more of that, not a lot of people screaming, like doing stuff like that. It can, like the first time you get in that environment, it can, it kind of throws you off. Mm-hmm. But I've experienced that. I've experienced those big show pressure moments because the contender series, the pressure that's there, it's not just a fight. It's going in knowing that you have to get that finish. If you want a contract, Yeah, you got to go out. It's not just win a fight. It's you got to win your fight impressively. Mm-hmm. So it has that added pressure to deal with. Um, and I think since then, my mind's really kind of cooled down on the pressure side of things. So I'm, I'm excited to go out, uh, stay relaxed and just work towards the win. However it comes. And I, I love that because you don't really think about that in that moment. You have to be, I have to finish this fight. I have to do something impressive and you kind of have to almost step away from your game plan. If that's not normally what you would do, you know, if you want to grind out a win or be able to, you know, hold them down or get them to the ground and submit them. Sometimes it always, it isn't always coming in your right. You've got that pressure in your head to just go, I got to finish. I got to finish. So I feel like for you, as weird as it sounds, that might've been one of the best things that could have happened to you to kind of reset your mind and get you back into, you know, the right mindset moving forward where, you know, you came back, you ratted off the win and now you've got this opportunity, which, you know, you're seeing a lot of guys from the UFC when they get cut or, not resigning a Bellator, whoever showing up in PFL. And it's not because it's not just because of the money. It's everything about it. 
like you said, the politics are gone. You get into the tournament by doing fighting in the cage, not outside of the cage, not punching some guy in a bar in Ireland, you know, things like that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm real excited for the opportunity, and I can't wait to see what comes after this one as well. Just what's next. Um, there's kind of a question mark right now, depending on performance of whether I'm in the regular season the next time around or if I just keep doing these fights on the cards that don't count towards it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that all goes. But I think what's great about that is you kind of get a feel for the organization itself. You kind of get a feel for you know, what they're, not only what they're looking for, but the people they're kind of scouting. So you're kind of in, sitting in the back going, all right, that's a guy I'm going to have to, I might have to fight one day. Like, that's another guy. Whereas in the UFC, you have no idea if that's somebody you're ever going to fight. But if that person ends up in the tournament, you're probably going to end up fighting them. Yeah. I also find it really interesting the way they set up these semifinal cards. Because mm-hmm. most of the people on the cards, even like outside the semifinals, um, are in those same weight classes as the semifinals on that card. Yeah. So, like, my fight card has a lot of the lightweight women and the heavyweights on it. I think that's the majority of the card is the semifinals for those weight classes and then the uh, people in those weight the weight classes that were in that league as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's interesting that they keep that continuity on the card. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's what, what I felt Bellator kind of failed with, like keeping the continuity, keeping everybody interested in everybody who's in it, because they're not only keeping you interested in the people who are moving forward in the tournament, but the people who aren't, who you might see the following year. You know, we've seen these this group of people who have been in these explode over this last year with a bunch of names, higher profile names than they've had in a very long time. Um, even with the, the Verdum incident a few months ago where there was a tap but not a tap and you know the commission overturned it which to me was amazing because i don't remember the last time a commission's overturned anything like that so uh it shows you that they're really pushing for you know fairness when it comes to these fights and you know no bias when it comes down to it at the end of the day you win you lose it's it's black and white you know cut and dry yeah and you know exactly depending on what round you may finish in, what it does to your playoff chances. You also know if you lost that first fight and you're looking at the standings, you can tell yourself, my only way in is a first-round finish in this next fight. So you have more of a uh, mindset going into it to set yourself up for the playoffs Mm -hmm. or to at least try. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of adapt and, you know, adjust the game plan. Whereas, you know, you'd want to be able to, you know, maybe have a second round finish and then a first, but getting, like you said, the decision in the first one, you have to get that first round finish in the next one or you're not in like plain, plain and simple. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm definitely looking forward to it going forward. Of course. Well, shifting gears once again, you know, running the gym, and then you've got the newer partnership that happened in the last few months with Pete White Boxing. Like, talk about how exciting that was because Pete White, his training is legendary. It really is. And people just don't give him enough credit, I think, when it comes down to it. Um, you know, we saw over the last couple of weekends with his daughter, Taylor, you know, winning that belt and just 
you know, looking amazing and you're seeing all these fighters that train with them. So talk about his influence on you and, and the gym and what that's brought with the two of you partnering together. Yeah, it's been a great po- partnership so far. Um, he comes out on uh, one day a week as well as one of his other coaches, John Radford, comes out once a week to our gym to teach boxing. And then my dad and I each teach one day of jiu-jitsu out at their gym as Perfect. well as getting our teams together for some sparring sessions and just work together. Um, and it's been a great partnership so far. Uh, I'm able to get some boxing mitt work in with Pete and John. Um, they've got people that come during their boxing sessions at our gym and get extra grappling work as well. I'm getting a lot of work with Chris Mixon, who's a good pro out of their gym. It's been uh It's been great so far. A lot of our amateurs are getting definitely something good out of it. I know uh, just the combination of the two. We've got two two pretty good amateur teams that are just growing together now and uh, Mm -hmm. both starting to see success. And what would you say to other people out there kind of teetering on that line of pairing up with another gym? You know, obviously it's worked out for you, but you guys just seem to be just a perfect fit. Uh, when it comes down to it, to really mesh the jujitsu with the boxing and really make it a complete circle when it comes to the training that you're able to provide. Yeah, I think it's just the situation we have there. Pete White and the guys that teach over there are very like-minded individuals to us. So I feel like it blends really well, whereas there is a chance with some of the mergers like this where it doesn't work out well and it becomes kind of uh, iffy in the balance of power or iffy in just how you guys click and that you're saying different things that are contradicting each other. But I I think we have a really good uh, right now and a really good fit together just because like-minded in what we're teaching and what we're, uh, we're trying to push across mentally and outside of fighting as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you've both got kind of that family dynamic working between the two of you, you know, obviously with you guys on your side and then Pete and Taylor and just he makes everybody feel like they're part of the family anyways. So I feel like both of you coming together was just a matter of time. So when I saw that, I was just so excited for both of you because you're preparing the future. I mean, you're only 26 years old. You know, you're not you're still young and you're able to take these younger people and be like, yeah. That's what's going on. Like we're able to shape these. So uh, really exciting for you guys, for sure. Yeah, no, I keep, I can't wait to see uh, what goes forward with it and the success that the people under us um, as a group can have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Usually I'll stretch this out for like another half an hour, but you're in the middle of a weight cut. It's late. And you've been absolutely fantastic to even do this on a fight week. Um, there aren't a lot of people who would do it, but the smiling face and, you know, a wife waiting to watch it. So what I want to do is just take this moment to thank your sponsors and talk about, you know, who's got you here and uh, what you see for your future in these next few months, especially what's going to happen in two days. Yeah. Um, right now, I'd love to pick up sponsors. Right now, I just got my teams behind me. I got Dark Wolf MMA, Fusion Excel Performance, and Pete White Boxing. Uh, that's the biggest push I have. Them and my wife. Uh, everything else, just 
it'll fit itself into place. But for right now, that's that's the biggest support group I have, and it's a great group. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, you know, I'll take the moment myself, you know, thank Combat Press for giving me this platform. Christian, thank you so much for doing this. Again, I can't thank you enough on Fight Week. Uh, we've got La Barba Cubana keeping my beard in check. Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu, which I'm sure you've seen some of them stuff. Yep. Their stuff, uh, fantastic. Uh, Bertso's Bake Shop. We've got Tim Makes Knives on Instagram. He's actually, he sent me a picture tonight. He's sending me a custom knife. He's a big Forge and Fire fan. Um, a custom knife that's going to go to randomly one of our viewers slash guests. So I don't know how I'm going to do that, draw it out of a hat, or how it's going to be shipping a knife. But hopefully it doesn't get stopped and it makes it to its intended receiver. But um, just, again, on behalf of myself, the Quick and MMA podcast, Thank you so much, Christian. Like I said, usually I I want to chat your ear off all night, but I know it's late, and I just thank you for all your time. And uh, in the words of not being biased, go kick some ass on Thursday. <laughs> thank you, and thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Hey, no problem, man. We'll talk again soon, definitely. All right. Thank you. Thanks, man.